Emma Galette, lawyer and academic, is joining us to explore the legal intricacies of the management of the upcoming referendum on Indigenous Voice to Parliament. Welcome to ITV Radio, Emma. Thank you for having me, Bertrand. It's a pleasure to be here and talking to you and um, all the listeners today. Now, the main talk in town are the yes and uh, no campaigns about the Voice to Parliament, but... Before we got there, some obstacles had uh, to be overcome, and the most important one was about the management of the referendum, and uh, that would require actually a deal between the government and the opposition. Reaching that deal was um, one of the major steps towards the referendum. Yeah, you are right. It is a major step, and it was the first parliamentary hurdle for the voice to parliament to agree on the voice machinery, and the Senate has passed the bill. So this means we have consensus of the ground rules for the referendum and we need to deliver a modern referendum and this really provides a pathway to do so. Getting the machinery of the referendum right is really important as it will ensure the referendum is transparent, fair and people are informed. For the um, voice machinery bill to be passed, I'd say the engagement with the opposition for the management has been constructive, hence the deal struck. The real crux of it is the Liberal politicians have decided to support the referendum going ahead, but they've actually actively campaigned against the voice, which is new news and it's disappointing, and not supporting calls for a voice actually disempowers Aboriginal people. It disrespects our history and place in Australia and it can actually impede all the work done to get us here. The decision of the Liberals, in my view, was really badly informed and it pushes us backwards as a nation. And as a result of that, Ken Wyatt quit Liberals over this decision. So it really rings home about how important it is to be properly informed And the Voice Working Group has outlined the design principles for the Voice, but it appears the opposition is considering all other information outside of what the Aboriginal Voice Working Group is saying. The Liberal Party's official position is to vote against the Voice, but one thing that has to be mentioned in the context of the deal about the management of the referendum is that uh, minor parties were also left out. Uh, They're not part of the deal. I just hope that other political parties, they realise the importance of the upcoming upcoming referendum. That's a real, just important component of this because Australians need to understand the significance and impact of referendums and the importance. It's been years and years in the making and many young Australians today would have not been old enough to have voted in the last referendum in 1999 which asked Australians if Australia should become a republic and the uh, majority wanted Australia to remain a monarchy. So I think really what needs to happen is for the voice referendum, um, it's important to note that no government funding will go towards any campaign spending that's not a neutral civics campaign. And both the yes and no case um, have got deductible gift recipient status to organisations which support either campaign, which is um, also important because it means both sides have equal footing for donations, which means Australians can have um, be educated and informed about whichever side they decide to choose to vote on when the referendum does come between October and December this year.
Now, we've had 44 consultations for constitutional change in the country, and only eight have actually succeeded. It looks like we are starting a kind of a wrong footing with one of the major parties already deciding to go against, together with minor players, they could make this referendum fail. Yeah, it's hard to tell, but you are right. There have been 44 proposals for constitutional change, and only eight have been approved, So, which is a really small number. And referendums are not an easy task. You need a double majority, which means a national majority of voters in the states and territories, a majority of voters in the states, at least four out of the six states, and all votes of people living in the ACT, the Northern Territories, um, count towards the national majority only. People need to understand what is happening, what's being asked of them, why it's important, and what it means for them and for Indigenous people. Because the constitution can only be changed by the people. At the moment, we are at a great starting point to be on track to ensure a successful referendum. But it is just really difficult now with the Liberals saying that they're going to have a no campaign, um, which is not in line with what many First Nations people want. And latest news polls have said that most people in Australia actually do support uh, the voice to parliament. And the referendum has got two components, actually. It's not just voice to parliament. It's also uh, recognising First Nations people in the constitution. Yeah, that's right. It, it's something that really needs to be recognised, our people in the constitution as well. And the wording of the Indigenous voice has been revealed. And the question is, a proposed law to alter the constitution to recognise the First Peoples of Australia by establishing an Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander voice. Do you approve of this proposed alteration? So in that question, you can see that it's altering the constitution to recognise First People by the establishment of a voice. And the question is important, especially the use of emotive language, the length of the question is also important. But the question alone will not win or lose the referendum because it's about people and it's about what... Um, progress we need to make and one of the things that I think is we can't sit back and not try we need to try we need to change and there's a really old saying that goes if you always do what you've always done you'll always get what you've always got and I think that really applies here because we need to do something different to have a positive impact the same old ways of working they don't work And this has been shown by having very limited, if any, improvement in a lot of health, education and poverty outcomes of Indigenous people in rural, remote, regional areas. And even in cities, um, It's even though there are services available, there's mistrust. People don't want it. There's not enough um, representation and understanding of Indigenous people. And the voice can really help. Um, re-establish that trust, re-establish the truth-telling and really allow all of our people um, to be um, joined in a process of reconciliation. When uh, the Liberal Party said they'll be campaigning against, they said something that is uh, recurrent in the discourse. Uh, they said they'd support treaties on uh, local and state levels. Uh, what's the difference? Well, the Uluru Statement from the heart, it includes voice treaty and truth, which means that as a part of the implementation of the Uluru Statement from the heart in full, the voice is one aspect. 
treaties in each state and territory are also a um, really important component of that. And then the process of truth-telling. So everyone needs to understand that it's a, it's all going to happen and it's all being committed to all three elements of the Uluru Statement from the heart and they shouldn't just be singled out. Um, it's not one versus the other. It's all of um, those three processes which will really make a difference. So it's a one step uh, towards uh, fulfilling all the aspects of the Uluru Statement from the heart, which was truth-telling and uh, voice to parliament and a treaty. And the states already, many of them are actually working on treaty, except New South Wales, which with the new government coming in uh, recently, well, it seems they're also going to be moving towards a treaty on a state level. I'm really hoping that treaties in each state do come into fruition. If you look at um, what's happened in Victoria, they're really proactive and progressive in terms of their treaty making that that they've done. So other states really need to look to that example um, and ask the people in the community of each state how they want it to happen, what they need, because it's really going to represent them. But And also in saying that what, what works for one state may not work for the other. So the whole process on the outset needs to be done right, needs to be done with community consent, community consultation, and have a lot of our young people and elders involved as well. Because without having younger people involved in these processes, where's the succession planning as well? And the treaties are a really important component of the Uluru Statement from the Heart. So um, I'd like to see that happen and see how it progresses in each state and territory. Now, I believe a proper information campaign needs to take place with all sorts of conflicting messages being peddled, in particular the younger generations, uh, not only of First Nations background, but uh, allies as well, need to be properly informed about all the intricacies of the vote and uh, its implications. Yeah, the information needs to be really transparent and clear um, so people can understand what the voice of Parliament is um, and what it means for them. And I was actually quite surprised to to hear that there needs to be um, that some people don't even really know um, enough about it. So there really needs to be more education around what the voice is, why it's needed, and how it will help people make an informed decision. And I think the other component of this is where the importance of regional voices as well needs to be communicated, and the regional voices shouldn't be forgotten in this. Um, and recently on my latest episode of the YouTube channel I do with the West Australian called Paint It Black, um, I went out and the West Australian went out and we spoke to some people around Perth and remote and regional WA to talk to community members around what they think of the voice. And from that, most people are really supportive of it. Um, Once they understand how it will help them and how it can facilitate good decision-making and governance, because that ultimately will help close the gap, and it's time where we need our people representing us and it needs to happen at all levels. It can't just happen at federal level. It needs to happen at like local, regional, um, remote levels as well so we can get accurate representation. Now, what else needs to be considered as part of the referendum? Uh, this will be my last question. I really think the main consideration now is around engagement and education our community need to understand what they're voting for and the benefits of the voice to parliament. We can't just sit back and not try. 
Um, so we need to do something different and this is what we need to do because this is what a lot of people have come together and we've um, decided that having a voice to parliament is one aspect of the three elements of a voice, treaty and truth. So for everyone listening, I'd really encourage you to make sure your enrolment details are up to date because your vote matters. This is our future and we can't afford to sit on the sidelines anymore. Like we need to be heard Emma Galet, thank you very much for taking the time to talk to us uh, today about uh, the upcoming uh, referendum. Thank you for having me. It's my pleasure.